Hello, everyone. This is Joe Matthews, and I am interviewing the one and only, the very special good friend of mine, Mr. Jesse Hernandez of Empire Wrestling Federation, of the Jesse Hernandez School of Hard Knocks, and of most recently, Hard Knocks Wrestling that can be found on YouTube. Um, how are you doing today, Jesse? I'm doing great, Joe. It's a pleasure uh, for the invite. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you. I can't thank you enough. <laughs> uh, uh, no problem. So I've had the pleasure of knowing Jesse for seven years now, since, uh, since I moved back to California from Tennessee and wrestled, had a chance to start wrestling with you seven years ago, had my first match. Unfortunately, um, I got injured as, you know, which had nothing to do with you, you guys it was just, you know, it, it, happens. it happens. It happens in our business, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, and, and then uh, I think I, I got injured and then I got healthy and then I got injured again. No. <laughs> and for like two years, it seemed like every time I got in the ring, I got injured and sometimes not even wrestling. Sometimes it was training yeah. and you know, and you're back at it again. Yes. <laughs> and Jesse keeps uh, allowing me to come back and, and be a part of empire wrestling federation and the school. Absolutely. So, um, I want to say, you know, right there, thank you because without you, I don't have, uh, me and my son aren't a tag team. You know, we don't have the dragonflies, Logan and Quinn. Right. And I don't have, uh, probably the most fun I've ever had in the ring as a good old TK. The yeah. Trailer King. Trailer King, man. What, man. A, what a character. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. It's, it's, uh, uh -huh. it's a great character. I, I absolutely love it. So um, I wanted to bring Jesse on tonight so we could just talk about a lot of things. Um, but first off, I just want to ask, how long have you been involved with professional wrestling, Jesse? Man, I started um, in 1979. We, me and my tag team partner, uh, uh, Juan Hernandez. Mm -hmm. uh, we started training in 1979 and we trained approximately two years before our first match. And uh, this is when it was very hard to get into this business. It wasn't easy like it is now. Every time Dick and Harry can go to our, any wrestling school around and, and get trained and three months later they're wrestling or, you know, <laughs> a year or two later they're opening up their own school. <laughs> Yeah. It wasn't like that back in the day, man. And I think that is the, the main reason, you know, um, that I do what I do as far as having a school, mm -hmm. because I know how difficult it was for young wrestlers to get started. I mean, nobody wanted to give us that opportunity. I mean, we trained by ourselves, uh, Juan and I, at the YMCA for almost a year. And then, um, and then we, got, we got permission where we were able, and that, that at the YMCA, that was without a ring. Then we, we, we were able then to work out at the old San Bernardino Arena in a ring mm -hmm. on Sundays, only on Sundays. And uh, the guy that, um, that opened up the box office, well, actually, he opened up the building to get ready for the, that next show. Um, he would allow us to go in and, and uh, use the ring for a few hours and, you know, just get out before everybody else gets in, mm -hmm. you know. And, um, but I was, I, I, you know, he was the caretaker of the building. And... The, the thing was that um, I didn't want him to get in any trouble. The, the, the San Bernardino promoter was Jeff Walton. And uh, I asked Jeff one Sunday, I says, hey, why don't, will you allow us to use the ring before, you know, say when they come in and open up um, the box office or whatever at one o'clock, if we could come in and use the ring for a few hours, will it be possible? And uh, first he said, well, let me think about it. <laughs> and, uh, and then later on he says, well, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, hit me up next week and I'll let you know. Well, between that day and, and the following Sunday, or the next Sunday, I should say, uh, we went and got uh, an order republic to uh, type up a nice little letter saying that nobody will be responsible if we got hurt. Mm -hmm. And that showed that we meant business. And that I think that impressed uh, Jeff Walton. And that, that's how he was able to give us permission to be able to use that ring he says as long as you're out of there before the wrestlers get in you know mm -hmm. a certain time just get out and you know and uh so we continued training finally finally we convinced the great goliath um you know the he was the i don't know if you ever heard the team of uh, black gorman and the great goliath mm -hmm. incredible tag team they were you know uh we finally convinced them after trying so hard to convince them for for a long time to come out and help us with the training he came in one day and he said, oh, I, I, I want to see what you guys can do in that ring. And he sat down in the bleachers there and me and Juan went in there and we started wrestling and I, we could see him 
shake his head like this, man, as we're, you know, supposedly <laughs> doing a little match, right? Yeah. And then he says, okay, that's enough, that's enough. He gets in the ring, grabs one, hits him real hard on him, bends him down, hits him on his um, upper shoulders. That's how you hit. You guys hit like little old woman. Then he gets me, he does the same thing to me. That's how you hit, you know? And then he says, if I'm going to teach you guys, I'll teach you. And, you know, he's, I'm going to charge you 15 bucks each or whatever, mm -hmm. which is a really a good price, you know, back, back then. Um, every session is 15 bucks, you know, he said. And so, anyway, make a long story short, we stayed with him for about, well, I, I stayed with him for about nine years, helping him. Not only did he teach us how to drive wrestle, but he, we also helped him train other people. Mm -hmm. A lot of guys in, the, in those nine years. And then we went our separate ways. And then um, by the time we uh, went our separate ways, we had been partners mm -hmm. at the school because then later on, I became, uh, I became the caretaker to the building. I was okay. able to, you know, I became the caretaker and there was a, a boxing promoter that came in uh, with a lease. And the first thing he did was got rid of the ring that they had in there. Oh, wow. They had a ring that was cemented down to the floor, <coughs> you know, that, that they used for boxing and wrestling. Mm -hmm. And uh, so then I says, well, Goliath, what, what, what are we going to do? You know, I mean, by then I owned my own ring. I started promoting. By then, like in 1985, uh, in 1985, I believe, 1980. Well, actually, um, we started our own promotion. Uh, Bob Bradley Sr. and myself and his wife got together and we started, I think it was like 1983 or 84, I think it mm -hmm. was. We started uh, selling events at high schools and colleges and stuff like that, you know. Uh, and so we started, we started our own business, and I rent it. I used to rent a ring for about four fifty, five hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. And the ring that we used to rent back then would always break down. <laughs> Board would always, you know, fall off the damn thing. And then I, I was very concerned, you know, and worried, you know, what if, you know, especially when you're selling events for $3,500, mm -hmm. you're always afraid, what if the ring doesn't get here, you know? Right, right. Because, <laughs> so that was a big responsibility. So we decided to buy our own ring. And that's the ring that we use now for shows. Oh, for okay. That's, yeah. you know, we, we bought that ring at, at that time. I believe it, we bought it in 1986, man. In 1986. And, um, it's been around for quite a while. It, it will survive the end of the world, I think. It's <laughs> yeah, that thing is <laughs> it's a heavy, heavy-duty ring, you know. But it's a great ring, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's a lot nicer than the training ring. Yeah, a lot, yeah. a whole yeah. lot nicer than the training ring yeah. for sure. You know, <laughs> the training ring isn't bad. Like, yeah. I won't lie, that's better yeah. than some of the rings I was in in Tennessee. Yeah, but so. <laughs> but you know, after spending nine years with Goliath, you know, and, you know, so we became partners because of that. You know, mm -hmm. the, there was no longer a ring. So he said, well, we, we'll use your <clears throat> ring and then we'll split whatever we make. Mm -hmm. I'll split it with you. So I became a partner, you know. This is probably uh, on the s seventh year that we, I was with him. Okay. We had a little, uh, a little bit of a problem, a little situation, and we went our separate ways. And, uh, you know, uh, in 19, what year could it have been? Maybe 89 or so. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it kind of devastated me. I, I didn't want to be a part of that. Uh, I, I almost wanted to bail out of wrestling because it broke my heart, you know. Right. Goliath, you know, great man. But he also taught me a lot. He taught me, you know, you don't let uh, people screw you more. You know, you, they may screw you once or twice, but, you know, no, no, there's no three chances, you know. Right. And, I, and I felt, you know, that I had given him three chances. And I felt, you know, like... <laughs> He didn't respond well with you know what we what we were doing. Right. I don't want to get into details, but I you know, it caused us you know to separate you know, and um, and so anyways um, so I bailed out. So for three and I, I had that uh, Bob Bradley as a partner, Bob Senior, and uh, by then, and uh, because we were doing shows together and mm -hmm. stuff you know, so I um, I decided to stay home, and 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 the. the during training nights so i did that maybe for two weeks or so two or three mm -hmm. weeks and then he says jess don't don't give it up man come on back so i did and then i you know we i went back mm -hmm. and started tra uh, training the guys again and i'll tell you 
the love that I have for this business and, 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 and I do the school not for my own pleasure. I, I believe it's more to give the, uh, everybody that opportunity, mm -hmm. the platform to be able to have a, a starting place. The purpose of the Empire Wrestling Federation, um, that came up because uh, we needed a platform for our students. Right. You know, uh, knowing that how difficult it could be, you know, or it was for me anyway. And even back then, it was very hard to get into this business, you know. Mm -hmm. It was not something easy. And nobody really wanted to give us a, a, a break. I mean, uh, Je uh, Jeff Walton, for example, that allowed us to use the ring uh, the days of the show in San Bernardino uh, in the early years. Uh, he wouldn't even give us our first match. You got to oh, really? get your, no, no. <laughs> we, we, I helped, you know, Juan ushered people into the building. I sold tickets in at the box office. I, I did a lot of, uh, you know, running around for them. But they will not give us our first match. Mm. You got to get it somewhere else. Right. And so, and so there, there was a promoter down in Tijuana that wanted to use Goliath at the time. And uh, this is like 1980, 81, but in January of 1981, he wanted to mm. use Goliath. And uh, and he uh, he said the only way I'll work for you if you give my boys an opportunity. I'll give them their first match. If they mess up, you know, you use them whenever you can. Yeah. If they screw up, you never have to use them again. But give them that opportunity. Well, for some reason, they put us out of five matches. They put us in the middle. Oh, Third really? Match, man. <laughs> I mean, we should have been where you know where the names aren't even mentioned. You know, that's how it was on the program. You know, the first match. They didn't have no names, you know. Yeah. The second match had the names very small print. We we're in the center. Out of five matches, we we're in the center. And it was against uh, Ray Mysterio, you know. Oh, senior. senior. Wow. Senior, senior. And uh, Pequeño Apollo uh, was his partner on that match. And uh, we went in there, bro. And, I mean, we were so hungry for this. And we had an, a very exciting match, man. I mean, you know. I mean, so it was such a great match that even uh, at the end of the match, uh, Ray asked me, he says, hey, is it possible for uh, for me to get a mask from you? Hmm. And I said, well, my partner makes a mask. <laughs> they were ugly back then. I mean, you know, we look like almost Japanese. Style. As a matter of fact, our masks look a little Japanese style, you know, yeah. at the time. That when we got to the building for our first match, Ray said, you know, we've been promoting you guys on radio. And we said that, you know, we, I, I told everybody that you're a hot team coming in from Japan. <laughs> I said, holy shit, that you're just a hot team from Japan. And and um, I looked at my partner. This is our first match, man. We can't yeah. even now. We can't even afford to mess up. We can't even look like green guys <laughs> in that ring, you know. But we had such a tremendous match, man. I, I during the match, I could see Goliath standing against the door there of the you know the uh, dressing room, uh, just looking at that match. And I bet you, I bet you that he had his fingers like this and his feet crossed, you know. Oh yeah, just, just... For good luck, you know. <laughs> Don't mess up, guys. And so at the end of the match. At the end of the match, we went back to the dressing room uh, and Goliath uh, called me to the side. You know, when, when they do a drop kick on you, stay at center. Don't, don't wander off to the side of the, you know, by the corner over the outside the ring. Mm -hmm. Stay still because, see, they, they gave me a drop kick, but I sold like a drunken sailor mm -hmm. and walked over to, to the corner, came back again. Boom, there was a, he did a crossbody on me. A tope, it was a tope. He did a tope, Ray did. Right. And so Goliath was afraid that, well, you know, don't wander off, you know. I said, I didn't know he was going to do that. He said, really? I said, I swear to God. No. <laughs> there was no mistakes in that match. There was absolutely no mistake in whatsoever in that match. He nice. loved it, man. Everybody complimented. The, the commissioners couldn't believe that that was her first match. The doctor couldn't believe it. I mean, you know, can you believe that? You nice. know, well, they thought like, you were a big team from I Japan. Know, I don't know, but, you know. <laughs> Uh, they, uh, we really we you did, you did, we did good man we did a good job uh, we went back two weeks later and had a, a revenge match against them and oh, they really? put us over on the second match nice there. but you know once we got that first match it was on a Sunday and we rushed back to San Bernardino you know because uh, San Bernardino ran on Sundays oh really so and we had an early show in Tijuana mm -hmm. and me and my partner you know we had our, our wives with us we rushed back to San Bernardino you know to make sure we got there on, on time before they they left the building right mm -hmm. so we get there shutting down and everything and I tell Jeff Jeff we just had our first match I'll, I'll hear from somebody else <laughs> see how it went right and so that was on Sunday the next day he calls me 
hey, I want you in Fresno on Thursday. <laughs> and then I want you in San Bernardino on Sunday next week. Nice. And so that's how it all started. Then a week later, we went back to Tijuana for the rematch and we were put over. That's awesome. Yeah. So it was, wrestling has been good to me. Yeah. And, you know, another cool thing, too, that a lot of people don't know or, um, or I'd like to let people know is outside of just Empire Wrestling Federation and, and what you're talking about wrestling in Tijuana and stuff, you've also had a stint um, as a referee, as a ring oh, guy, yeah, yeah. Um, as one of the, what, the conquistadors or, yeah. or whatever gimmick it was against, um, <laughs> believe it or not, against the Rockers, right? No, the, 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 the conquistadors, no. Um, the, the thing, this, this, this. This uh this is the night that we went. Uh, I took my stepfather. He had never gone. I never took him to any any of the shows. Right. I was already working for WWF as a referee at the time. Yeah. And I was uh, I had a trip to uh, Bakersfield to uh, referee. So I told my stepfather. I said, "Why don't you go with me? There's a real nice restaurant. We'll get something to eat, then we'll go to the to the show." Mm -hmm. He said, "All right." So he went with me, and uh, finally I get to we get to the building, and I go in into the dressing room and. Uh, Coco Beware took the wrong flight, so he wasn't he wasn't there to wrestle Jose Luis Rivera. Uh -huh. Okay, so then he, uh, he said, "Jess, you're gonna have to uh, you're gonna have to re uh, re wrestle instead of referee tonight because you know you got to cover for that." Uh, Jose Luis Rivera had his outfit for the Conquistador outfit, you yeah. know, with him. So he lends it to me. I put it on. Damn shoes were I mean, so big, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, I wrestled as a, as the Conquistador against uh, Jose Luis Rivera. Nice. And uh, and then uh, anyway, had a pretty decent match. After the show, I, I go grab my my old man so we can go. And he says, "I can't believe you brought me all the way over here, and you didn't even referee." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even see you in that ring. I said, "Oh, I didn't have a chance to come out and tell you that I was <laughs> I was a guy wearing that gold outfit, you know, the conquistador." Yeah. He said, "I'll think you said." Uh, there was a match that I refereed, the Conquistadors versus uh, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. I think yeah. you started to mention that. That was a pretty interesting match because back then, um, Shawn and uh, and uh, Jannetty had just gotten into WWF. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they they hadn't been there that long, and um, so they're they're going to wrestle the Conquistadors. They gather around, you know, so they could go over their match, and they come in slapping their butts, you know, and <laughs> Conquistadors look at them. Yeah, he cursed them out. You know, you guys haven't been here that long. You've only done a couple of uh, the TV tapings, mm -hmm. you know. So you, you need to show some respect here and listen up so we, so we can figure out how we're going to put you guys over. <laughs> but he, he, that, that's a nice way of putting it. Yeah, I think yeah, they, they put yeah. it a little different. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that was pretty exciting to see that. <laughs> oh, man. So... Of all the stuff, like I know you said, um, you refer, uh, refereed a lot of matches with, was it Brad News Brown? Brad News Brown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I know you, you got some pretty good stories oh, about him. so many stories. I used oh. to, I, you know, Brad News Brown, man. He's the guy that came out, you know, with the like, mean face, you know, like he, like he smelled crap, you know? Yeah, just and, always. Yeah, always, you know, and, and I would try to make him laugh. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then he would say, cut it out, cut it out. <laughs> Because I came real close to making him, you know, come out of character a little bit. <laughs> oh, man. See, and, and my cousin, uh, he's, that's one of his favorite wrestlers of all time. And I, and I was telling him about you. I'm like, yeah, my, you know, my buddy oh, Jesse man. is like, he refs so many of his matches and said. Yeah, uh, yeah man. I, I love yeah. that guy. Yeah, he's a cool, really good guy. Really cool yeah. guy. Um, so you, you've done the WWE thing. Like, I know you were pretty much their West Coast ring guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Like if they had any shows around here, you got the ring. Believe it or not, man. Believe it or not, you know, I I consider myself a pioneer <laughs> of the WWF in California. Okay. Okay, and the reason I say that is because uh, Mike LaBelle sold the territory. Mm -hmm. He sold it to Vince, you know, for a certain amount of money, and so uh, at the time when when that happened, of course he shut down. He wasn't running anymore. And uh, Mike LaBelle is the reason that I started promoting, the reason that I became a booker for the different people mm -hmm. throughout the years. And I you know, started running my own shows because of Mike LaBelle. Because when he couldn't promote anymore, because he had sold his rights to, uh, to uh, Vince, well, you know, at the time, 
I was the only employee that he kept in his office. Mm. He got rid of everybody, the Jeff Walton, the Bach, Bob Bach, Bach Winkle, and other people that worked the office with him. Got rid of everybody. But he had me come in on Mondays to help him out. Mm -hmm. You know, to me, that was quite an honor, you know. Uh, because I, at the time, I, at that particular time, I was getting laid off from work a lot. The, uh, I worked for the company that I worked. We used to um, we used to service uh, Kaiser Steel. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so Kaiser Steel was in the process of you know eventually closing down, and you know, and so there was a lot of layoffs. And he, Mike, knew that, so he would say, "Well, come in on Sunday, on Mondays, help me out in the office, and I'll pay you a hundred bucks for the day," which was a lot of money back then. Man. That's a good wage. Yeah. yeah, you know. And so then we did that, or I did that. And I would go in there and I would help him do the paperwork for the visas for, for the wrestlers going to New Japan at the time. Mm -hmm. There was a gal that, uh, that, uh, that promoted the rest, uh, well, sent the wrestlers to Japan. She had the contact. Her name was Chica, but she didn't know how to do the paperwork. Right. And so Mike's, Mike will tell me, don't, uh, don't ever let her know how, you know, how we go about doing this paperwork other was that's you know I'm, I'm we're making money with this you know right <laughs> so don't give her the don't 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 let her know so i i used to run you know run around and do the paperwork and get in contact with her and, and do the, the the whole the what do you call it the contracts right the, the contracts and everything you know um uh, it was an exciting time and i and i learned, learned so much one of the things that uh, that i was told before they broke me, you know, as they were breaking me in to help Mike mm -hmm. that first couple of times that I went up there. He says, one of the one thing you don't want to do, you never want to pick up line number five. I said, why? That's, you know, that's, that's an important line. Mike doesn't allow any of us to pick that up because it could be, you know, a promoter from back east or whatever. Mm -hmm. He didn't want us to make any, to have any contact with anybody like that. Right. You know, any other line you can pick up, but do, don't ever pick up line number five. I said, all right, <laughs> what happens? <laughs> the phone rings. I, without thinking, I pick it up. It was line number five. Oh, now I'm talking to Vince McMahon. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> you know, Mike, when Mike had gone to the, to the bathroom, and I said, well, you know, he stepped out for, for a minute. Uh, I can have him call you back. And then Mike comes back. Mike, I accidentally, I accidentally picked up line number five. Jesse, you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> he trusted me, man. <laughs> right, right. That's good. <laughs> but anyway, so eventually uh, he would get a call from somebody that wanted a show like in Fresno or somewhere, mm -hmm. you know, and he would call me up and say, Jesse, you're going you're gonna to get a call from so-and-so and I want you to, you know, he wants to do a show in, in Fresno, get all the details and charge him $2,000, you know, for the show. And uh, all he needs is just a few matches and pay the boys 200 bucks each. And, uh, and then um, send me $200 <laughs> and you keep the rest. <laughs> nice. So that's what I did. That's how I started, man. That's how I started, you know? Yeah. And, you know, this is when, I, 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 you know, I, somebody that promoted or did, did the booking, they had to have a booker's license, a promoter's license or something, you know? Right. Everybody had to be licensed and I mean, yeah, Mike LaBelle's uh, mother was the head of the commission, the State Athletic Commission. So she had that control that nobody bothered me about that. Man. Yeah. Nobody ever bothered me about that. Hmm. Yeah, you know, so, and then plus I got along with the commissioners anyway, because when I sold tickets for, for the LaBelle in San Bernardino, I knew them all. Right. You know, some were uh, cops, you know, and, and, and they had that little side job on, uh, on the side, you know. Yeah. Uh, to collect 50 bucks just to show up and count, you know, how many people <clears throat> were in attendance and charge the taxes on that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they all knew me and I, nobody ever bothered me. Uh, I, there's another story. <laughs> uh, I, I used to get along. I, I, I knew how to, you know, who to talk to as far as, you know, to do shows. Or, yeah. Because even with, the, I did the paperwork for, uh, for WWF when, on their shows when they came into LA and in or to California, I had to send off a, a list of who's wrestling on the show. So-and-so mm -hmm. uh, versus so-and-so had to make sure, you know, that if they weren't licensed, they they had to get licensed. And I, I will send off a, uh, this, this form, advanced form as to who's wrestling and send it to the athletic commission. Right. Okay. And um, so they could approve it. And, and, um, and we did, I did that for all the, first shows out here for the first probably a year or so uh-huh uh, -huh. uh when when vince uh, 
started coming out. As a matter of fact, I used to deliver the videos uh, that Vince was sending. We did nine weeks of the television on Channel 9. Oh, really? To, to show off, uh, you know, the talent that, that yeah. was coming in before the first show. There was nine weeks of television before the first WWF show here in California. Wow. And, you know, just to introduce the talent that Vince was bringing in. I remember, well, the first show was uh, was um, in San Diego. And um, the second show was in, in L.A. Now, the first show I refereed because uh, Red Shoes Dugan was the, the top referee mm -hmm. out here back then, you know. And Bachwinkle and I would rotate. If, uh, so I would uh, say I would referee uh, San Diego. And then he will, he will uh, the next day in, in, in L.A., mm -hmm. he will referee. But I had to attend all the shows because I, I kind of run things for Mike. Right. You know, the, I was like the, well, Mike was a California promoter. Vince didn't have a license back then to run in California. Uh, Vince, he had to use. Uh, uh, so you had to go through Mike. Bells, uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. And, and Mike never left his house, brother. <laughs> so he would send me, and you know, and I had to make sure, you know, that uh, that uh, <clears throat> I I pay the guys that they're they're at right. payment, you know, for the night. I got everybody paid, and uh, did a lot of uh, a lot of uh, work like that. Cool. So then on the on the second day, I think I didn't have to referee because of Bach Winkle refereeing that night. Uh, but what I did, uh, I wrestled. I put myself in the, oh, <laughs> the there battle you go. royal. They had a battle royal, man. <laughs> so I put myself in on a battle royal. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but it was exciting. But, you know, but, but by doing all that for Mike, you know, he taught me how to promote, you know, and everything else. So that um, um, I will say uh, there was a time that, because um, we trained at San Bernardino Arena, and there was a, a promoter, uh, a promoter from uh, a boxing promoter that wanted uh, that leased the building, mm -hmm. you know, not the one that took the ring down. This is before they, okay. there was a few people, a few promoters that came in before then. And so this one promoter comes in on a Sunday to look at the building. He's, you know, doing the lease on it and everything. And uh, we were trading and he called me over to the, <clears> to the front, uh, to the lobby. He says, Jess, I want to talk to you. I says, you're highly recommended by Michael Bell for you to do the booking for the wrestling because I want to run boxing and I want to run wrestling. But if I, if I can get you to do the, uh, do the booking now, this is like 1984, maybe. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm still green in this business. Right. 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 But you know, I'm, they're offering me this stuff. You know, I had, a, by then I had already done a few shows for Mike, you know, wherever he sent me to. Yeah. And, um, so then I, 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 first I accepted, I went back and I told Goliath, you know, they just asked me to, uh, to do the booking for, for this, they're going to run, be running wrestling. And so I, I could feel that he was, um, you know, a little bit jealous. And he said, well, what are you going to do if uh, they ask for a Terry Funk or, you know, somebody you don't really, really know, uh, you know? Well, I says, well, if Mike LaBelle put me, you know, put me over with this whole thing, I'm sure I can pick up the phone and ask him for Terry Funk's number yeah. or whoever's number I need. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I sense that, that he was, uh, you know, okay. He was a little jealous, let's say. Yeah. I don't blame him, you know. Seriously, I'd be, I'd be pretty mad myself, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so then, um, so anyway, I went back and I told him, hey, why don't you uh, offer it to Goliath? You know, let him be the, the booker. Yeah, he's got more experience, you know. Yeah. And so they agreed. And, you know, nothing, not to say anything bad about Goliath, but they, they couldn't draw, when wrestling came around, they weren't drawing that well, mm -hmm. you know. Goliath was, you know, using a lot of the guys from LA, you know, a lot of, a lot of the Lucha guys. But this is when w, when WWF first started, he, they were using bigger guys. Oh, yeah. You know, and I knew that that's what people really wanted to see. Yeah. So I turned him down that year. This, and they ran for, I don't know how long until they shut down. A year later, another guy comes in. Same thing. You're highly recommended by Mike LaBelle, you know, to get your honest booker for me, man. Doing the boxing, the wrestling. And believe it or not, man, I, that that one I took, mm -hmm. and and uh, to me this is exciting. The, the reason is because I had five matches, <clears throat> uh, four one on one, and the last one eight man elimination match. Oh, nice! For a suitcase full of money, I came up. <laughs> <laughs> now, believe it or not, man. That place got packed. We had about 700 people there at the, at the San Bernardino. Arena, oh, nice. You know? And um, 
the thing is, we had 700 people at that San Bernardino arena and everybody, a lot of uh, promoters that normally I will never see in San Bernardino came mm -hmm. around. Gil Arellano from, from, um, from uh, LA. He used to do Lucha shows out there. And Carl Lauer from, you know, he, he, he Carl Lauer is uh, one of the, well, he became a big shot with a cauliflower alley. Uh -huh. Well, he was promoting back then out here, you know, and he, he even showed up and they, they wanted to see what this whole thing was about the right. suitcase full of money. I guess that, that's what drew their attention. But we, and you know, and I, and I created angles for a return and everything. Yeah. And, and so, and so what, what happened was that um, Gil Arellano, before the show was over, went and told this guy, oh, and I was, I, I had guys like Professor Tanaka on the card, you know, hmm. big, big name guys, you know, uh, and uh, my, uh, myself, I refereed, I refereed, and I had my, uh, my partner, my tag team partner, Razzle, Goliath Razzle, you know, and then some of our guys, but I used to, uh, like, uh, this guy, Ripper uh, Savage, big guy, the, the, the Alaskan J.O. These guys were big wrestlers, mm -hmm. big frame. Uh, they looked like, <coughs> like wrestlers, you know? Right. And I think that was the difference, you know? When, when Goliath was bringing the smaller Mexicans, you know, it wasn't attracting. People were getting used to the bigger guys. Right. So that, that's what I did. And, and we drew that amount of people. And Gil Arellano uh, went and told the promoter that, because I was paying these guys 100 bucks each, right? He went and told them that, oh, Jesse's ripping you off because, you know, I got guys, I, I can give 15 bucks and they'll wrestle, you know, for, for me, you know. And uh, so he says, no, he's taking advantage of you. So the, uh, Armando Muñiz, who has been a boxer, he was part of the, one of the, well, he was helping the promoter a lot, right. you know. He comes to me and tells me that, you know, what's going on. And, um, and then by then I already had heard that they wanted to use one of my guys, that, none of my other guys wanted to work for them. Right. But there was one individual, uh, uh, Buddha Khan, I believe it was Buddha. Yeah, Buddha Khan was going to come back on their main event. Right? Yeah. And so, even as young in the business that I was, who's the first one out of the elimination? Buddha Khan. Right. That kind of killed their main event, right? Yep. So, <laughs> and I told I told, uh, I told him, I says, Armando Muñiz, you know, I told him, Armando, you're making a mistake. You guys are making a mistake because, you know, we drew this 700 people and I'm, I'm working, you know, for some of these guys to return on, on important matches and stuff. You're going to kill it off. You're, yeah. you're not going to, you're going to mess it up. And he said, well, if we don't take, if we don't take a chance with these guys, we'll never know if they're, you know, and I said, and I told him, I says, you know, unfortunately, I hate to say it, man, but you know, uh, some of these guys are uncontrollable. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they, 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 they like to do what they want to do. Yeah. There's no control. I, I can, I, I'm able, you know, to control my guys that I tell them what I want. And that's what, that's what right. we're going to get. And, um, anyway, uh, make a long story shorter. <laughs> they, they came in and drew I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. I don't remember if it was 58 or 80, 80 persons out of 700. Yeah. Or so, they came and, and, and did, 50 or 80 uh, less fans. than 100 you know well, like, a whole lot man <laughs> yeah yeah wow you know yeah yeah anyway the thing is uh uh what what a, what a mistake he they they, mm -hmm. he, they made and uh, doing by doing that and the thing is that um that particular uh saturday that they ran because they ran on a saturday i believe and the uh, the next day was a sunday and I was uh, scheduled for WWF in Palm Springs, mm. and Min Mascaras was there, and um, and he had gotten a flight into Palm Springs, but he couldn't get a flight back from Palm Springs back to LA. Mm. You know, he wanted a small flight, you know, yeah, to, to, to send him back to LA. So he was like stuck, and he didn't want to hang around with the other wrestlers because you know, uh, you know, the yeah, the whatever, you know, <laughs> weed. Whatever, and he wasn't into all He wasn't trying stuff. to hang out and party. So and all he, that. he yeah. was undecided. Well, what am I going to do, you know? And I says, well, you, you're welcome uh, to stay at my house. I said, tomorrow I have to go to, uh, I, I have to, go to Fresno. And he was flying out to San Jose, mm -hmm. both working for WWE. They had two shows on that Sunday. Okay. So I said, stay at my house. We'll have breakfast, you know, and then, you know, at, at noon, I'll take you to the airport, catch your flight, and I'll take off to Fresno. Mm-hmm. And so, um, 
Anyway, so he stays at my house. The next morning, I go out and buy tamales and, you know, have a nice little breakfast. And then we're, we're thanking, you know, we're just talking about the old days with, you know, the uh, San Bernardino Arena and stuff. Right, and I said, right. I, haven't, I haven't seen that building in quite a while. He says, I said, you know what? They had a show there last night. I'm sure somebody will be there cleaning up. There's a, there's a chance somebody might be there. We mm -hmm. can go check it out. So we go back to that building on Sunday that, uh, you know, after we had breakfast. We walk in and, and the, the promoter, uh, he, he's running around with a broom sweeping, you know, the concession stand and everything. And he sees me and man, tears come out of his eyes. <laughs> he said, Jesse, I should have listened. We should have listened to you. I, I, I am so sorry for not listening to you. This guy's made a mess out of my ring, out of the ring and everything. The canvas out full of blood. There was so uncontrollable. Everything yeah. was so uncontrollable. You know, it, 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 the dressing room full of beer cans and whiskey bottles. And stuff. <laughs> he says, I told those guys I never want to see them again, man. And uh, he says, I want you to do the booking again for me. I says, you know what, man? It's going to be hard. We're not going to get that 700 back again. Yeah. You know, we'd be lucky to get 300, you know, if we do things right. And uh, and that's about what we did. Yeah. We can we couldn't get past 300 after that. Yeah. Until we finally can rebuild yeah, the. Yeah, we couldn't rebuild it, man. It wasn't possible. Mm. Yeah. But one thing I learned from Mike LaBelle, you know, because especially with the boxing, because they were doing boxing and wrestling, and Mike would say, you know, everybody wants to come in and then and do the boxing. And and, and the first time they, they pack him, which they did. They get a full house with the boxing. And then they want to come back a month later, or whatever, or, you know, or so many weeks later. And the house slowly start, starts mm -hmm. dropping because you can't, you know, you can't have boxing like that. You know, yeah. you got to take some time off, give him a chance. You know, people got bills, you know, and uh, back then he says, you know, you're charging 20 bucks a seat, you know, all the beer that they're going to be drinking. And then they want to go out and have dinner. That's very expensive. Yeah. And, you know, you got car payments, uh, you got house payment, you got the bills that you got to pay. And it's impossible to do mm -hmm. that too often. And he was right. He was right. It's a long road for you to travel, you know, for what yeah. you've done in wrestling. Yeah. So um, with the school, the, the School of Hard Knocks, that's been around for how many years now? School, it was uh, sometime in the early 90s. Okay. Um, we had been running, uh, well, I run the school with my partner first, uh, Bob Bradley. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to say from like 89 <laughs> uh, into... Um, uh, no, I remember even before, no, even before, probably uh, the school, well, when I split, split from Goliath, it had to have been 88 or 89, 89 something like that. Somewhere. And then, yeah. and then uh, with Bob for a, a few years, and then uh, hooked up with Bill Anderson, kind of allowed him to come in mm -hmm. and uh, sp spent a number of years with him uh, until we had our split. <laughs> and, and, but before we had the, the, our split, we created the Empire. Uh, Empire Wrestling Federation, right. you know, we had done an, a, a show under a different name and uh, it didn't draw that well. And, and uh, uh, it, the building was very dark outside. I mean, you know, the, it's a nine street. Uh, it was like a dance hall, mm. Mexican da dance hall. And they had no lighting. Mm. So, I mean, people, they would have never found the place, you know, right. it was like a big ranch, you know, but it wasn't attractable. And yeah. so... And and this is when we had promised certain guys 50 bucks, you know, yeah, and, and stuff because I was used to, you know, we were paying when I was when I was selling the shows with the Bradleys, we were selling them for 3,500 bucks. You know, our younger uh, like students would make 50 bucks if I brought in uh, Professor, Professor Tanaka or somebody like that. That's a hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Jack Armstrong, Ripper Savage, you know, Goliath, I, he, he got a little extra. He got an extra 25 and I'll tell you a story of that too. Uh, <laughs> I paid I paid Goliath one twenty five, and one day uh, he comes to me and he says, uh, "Jesse, you you don't think that I'm worth uh, more than that? You know, uh, don't don't you think I'm worth like uh, maybe three hundred dollars?" No, not at all, brother. You're worth six hundred dollars, man. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> the best I can do, this is what, this is the yeah, best I can yeah. do. So I don't have to pull up any money out of my own pocket, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's the best I can do. So I, you know, 
Right. No, I guess it's like, I, no, I you're worth it. You're, you're, hell no, you're worth more than that, you know? Yeah, but, but this I, is what I can give you. And he never bothered me again. <laughs> right. <laughs> he never bothered me again, you know? So, uh, oh, yeah, man, funny. it was so exciting, man, this this crazy business. But uh, in 1996, though, well, that's when we eventually, oh, and we, we had promised some of these guys 50 bucks each, mm -hmm. you know? And, and what a mistake that was. And after that, I never promised anybody anything, you know? Hey, right. You know, we'll see how it goes. Right, right. But you know, you're gonna get something. But uh, but we had maybe 25 people in that building that when Bill and I ran our first shows by ourselves without my partners, you know, and uh, my other partners. And so then, anyways, and I says, Bill, you know, we gotta pay what we promise, even if it comes out of our own pocket. We gotta pay the boys what we promised them. Mm -hmm. Now from now on, we're not gonna promise them that. We're just gonna hey, let's let's see how it goes. Right. But right now. We have to invest that. We have mm -hmm. to pay them off. And we did. We did. I don't think he was happy about that, but we, we did. And uh, and then after that, you know, uh, okay, guys. Uh, well, we didn't do any shows on, you know, for another a nice little long while. And then we came up with Empire Wrestling Federation. We got this deal at the Boys and Girls Club mm -hmm. here in San Bernardino. And, uh, and we did that for, I would say, for a couple of years for a good amount of time monthly events i think they were and uh but that's that's uh ewf was created mainly for our guys mm -hmm. but um uh, it was in uh I'm trying to think the exact year 91 or 92 that the name school of hard knocks was created okay uh, it, uh cnn news came out to do a segment on our school hmm. you know and the reason that they came down because there was a some um, writer from the LA Times that did a a thing on us, a story on us. Right. And I don't think he was a wrestling fan, so oh. he called it School of Fake Nut Knucks. Oh, yeah, he geez. called it School of Fake Knucks, right? And so that got the attention of, <laughs> of CNN. And of CNN, they wanted to know what this is all about, you know. Yeah. So they came out and they did a set, nice little segment. You know, they filmed it at the school. They 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 they, they even followed one of our students, you know, to her <clears> workplace and you know, followed her around a little bit. Anyway, when they closed the, the segment, they said, This is truly a school of heart knocks. And that's the name. And, there, and that, that's how go. we came up with the name. You, I took that's, you for a long ride to tell you that. No, no, hey. It's <laughs> all right. Um, I don't mind. You know, it's it's uh one thing that, that I do is I appreciate the stories because, you know, you learn a lot. And, um, and I like now because you have the School of Hard Knocks, and that's exactly what we're doing right now yeah. is with Hard Knocks Wrestling on YouTube wrestling. is um, allowing your students who, yeah. um, unfortunately, due to COVID, we yeah. can't have live shows. And, and I, won't, I will not go back and do live shows on, until we are able mm -hmm. to safely put fans in our building. Yeah. And, and it can't be, you know, a limited amount of people. It's got to be whatever we can fit in. Right. I'd rather not do any shows. Until we get to that, if it takes, I don't know how long it'll and, take. Yeah, another six months, a year. A year Hopefully not that long. Hopefully but, not, but you. Yeah. I just don't want to run with fifty people in the building. Yeah. No, I, I get so that. So this is my way of still entertaining our fans. Mm -hmm. You know, giving them a free match every every week yep. that they can watch on YouTube and Facetime or whatever, and 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 and, and see what some of our up and coming young talent yeah. perform. You know, so this is good for everybody, and and eventually. You're going to see the Andy Browns coming in to do their match out here because, you know, uh, we're doing it well. We're do as professional as, as we mm -hmm. possibly can. And, you know, you're a big part of that and your son as well. You know, yeah. I can, can't do it without you guys, you know. And uh, yeah, so it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's ex exposure for our guys. And, uh, and I'm really putting it out there, you know. Uh, I mean, I send the video to the pages, uh, wrestling pages out in Japan and different places, you know? Yeah. So everybody has a chance. I got friends. Uh, I got a, a friend over in, uh, in Spain, you know, so I'm, I'm hoping that he shares it with his buddies out there. <laughs> oh yeah. It's um, in the comments too. Mm -hmm. Like one thing I've liked is, uh, you know, the comments have all been positive about the wrestlers yeah. and, and these kids who are getting in the ring and how hard they're sure. working. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm excited. So yeah, we'll we'll throw up when we do put this online the information for the yeah. school hard knocks. Mm -hmm. But another thing, another reason we brought you on, Jesse, though, is through the years I've known you. Another thing that's really important about you is is I know you're a godly man. You're you're a faithful man. You're yeah. a, a believer in, in God. Yeah. So um, you know, just 
how do you, um, I don't say how you balance it, but what does God mean to you in, in your life, in your family life? I know you and Jenny, how long have you and your wife been married? 50 years. 50 years. Holy cow. You know, and, and I'm sure, you know, being faithful, you know, mm -hmm. faithful to God and, and obviously faithful to your wife too, plays a big part in that. Absolutely. But what is, what does God mean to you and, and your family? It means and, everything, man. Everything, you know, I mean, uh, I, I pray every night, as, you know, I, I just don't pray only when I need help, you know, which a lot of people <laughs> right. do, you know, oh, I got this, this going on. I, I need, you know, no, no, you got to pray every night, brother. You know, um, uh, I remember, you know, uh, I learned so much in 90s. What, what year was it? Uh, every year it was that 96, I, I believe when I, when I went to, uh, to Phoenix for the first assembly of God, the, uh, deal that we did out there with uh it was an illustrated sermon that we did at mm -hmm. the church there you know and uh it was a, written by superstar billy graham you know oh wow and i mean i that influenced me a lot you know because yeah i was a christian but i you know i wasn't there right that helped me get there okay. yeah i remember you know we did uh we did this illustrated sermon they it involved jake the snake roberts and Jake wrestled Bill Anderson in, in the ring on the stage area, you know, and they set up, you know, they set up like wrestling fans around the ring, you know, right. on the stage. And then you had another five or 6,000 people watching, you know, <laughs> and then they had a large screen outside with another 2,000 people. Oh, wow. 2,000, seven, over 7,000 people watched that illustrated sermon. I refereed and then I, of course, I left the ring. Um, uh, everybody left the ring except jake then they, they they did this deal where demons came out from underneath the ring and you know and then it's surrounding jake and kind of going around him and mm -hmm. they dropped a net on him you know he so he was you know all the demons that he had you know right had problems with and stuff and so then the, they had another uh, scene uh, like a dressing room scene and where the pastor comes out and and sees uh, jake roberts there uh you know, feeling devastated. Mm -hmm. And he says, what's up with you? You just want a match. She'll be happy, you know, but you look so down. And, you know, and then Jake tells him, what do you know about me, man? And, and all the struggles that I've had, you know, he talked about uh, his a sister that was, uh, that had been, um, well, she got killed by her, 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 I guess she messed around with a married man and the wife oh, killed wow. her, yeah. And his father supposedly hated him, you know, I mean, had not hated yeah. him, but, you know, he had problems with his father, you know, he was never able to, um, you know, to make him happy, you know, right. Yeah, his father always, you know, kind of, uh, you know, anyway, you, you should probably by now know the story that he's the, the struggles that he had, yeah. drugs and everything else, you know, and so all that got my attention. And uh, anyway, at the end of the, the whole thing, you know, the illustrated sermon. Uh, Pastor Tommy Barnett, which is, you know, oh man, that guy's amazing, bro. I love that yes. man. He is incredible. And so he called for, he did an after call, you know, and people went up to the ring and around the ring. And, you know, finally you couldn't get any more people anywhere near there. <laughs> I was sitting off to the side, you know, and, uh, and he says, oh, you know, you don't have to get up and come down, but, you know, raise your hand if you want to accept Jesus, you know, and I raised my hand. That's it. Yeah. That nobody noticed, right? Right. Eh, you know, a little shy, you know. And then when I went up to uh, to Pastor Tommy, you know, later on, you know, as this was finishing, I went and hugged him. I said, man, what a beautiful illustrated sermon this was. He says, Jesse, I heard that you got saved, brother. <laughs> I said, man, is God talking to him or what? Right. <laughs> or who's the snitch? <laughs> right, right. Who told him, huh? So that was really something, man. I mean, you know, I said, how, how, how did he know? Right. I mean, you know, that's how people pay attention. You know, they saw me and they told them. Yeah. And um, and then, you know, I mean, that really changed me. And and, and around that time, my, my uh, you know, my daughter, my oldest daughter had a really good job, you know, and she, uh, she, she was doing fine. She mm -hmm. was doing really good. And then I saw my son struggling, man, a lot, you know. You know, he was working at some golf course you know picking up golf balls or whatever you know but struggling you know right and i said man i want to see my son almost at the same level as my daughter you know and so then uh 
So I prayed, bro. I, you know, working for the city, I, you know, I did a lot of driving around, you know, inspecting property and stuff like that, you know. And uh, I, I remember one time I stopped and prayed, man, you know, and I said, man, you know, I want the best for my son. Mm -hmm. You know, I really do. And you know what? God answered that prayer, man. She, he got out of that, you know, the lousy jobs that he had. Then he, he started washing cars at some dealership. Now he's, he's, he's one of the, you know, he, he's up there. Yeah. He's up there in that company, man. And they love that kid, too, you know. <laughs> and so he's doing very well. He's doing, you know, he hasn't bought a car in I don't know how many years because he drives a company car. And right. He's every day he's got, a, he's got a different car, you know. <laughs> so God has been, you know, answered that prayer and many others, man. Mm -hmm. Many, many others. You know, and um, I think with that, you know, I just want to say, you know, just me on a personal level, like I've known Jesse for, yeah, better part of seven years now. Yeah. Um, I've had a chance to work with the school. Um, you know, be in the wrestling ring and um, our trip to Arizona, yeah. you know, last year, that yeah. nice uh, trip there and back was just mm -hmm. a great, a yeah. great time in the car and getting to know each other even better. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, you're, you're one of the coolest people I know, Jesse, one of the nicest, one of the, the hardest working. And um, I consider it a, an honor and a pleasure to know you, not just because, you know, I get to hear really cool stories of like Bad News Brown and Shawn Michaels and all the behind the scenes stuff yeah. that we can't talk about on here. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a family show, so we can't tell, Absolutely, you know, yeah tell the stories about those guys, but also just the fact that, um, you know, it's, it's funny, your shows are a family show, like not just for the families who come and watch, but your wife's right there with you side by yeah. side, working the, you know, the merch stand for everybody. Is it, it's your grandson, right? Yeah. My your, grandson. your grandson's right there working. We give him a hard time, oh, yeah. you know, and when he's getting our jackets and you know, the heels will yell at him and they call him Mr. Watermelon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I love the fact that, you know, your family is involved in it. So it's not like you're just off doing your own thing and your family's off doing something else. Yeah. It's, it's a family passion. Absolutely. And, um, and I just want to thank you for being on here. Uh, people check out, you know, Jesse Hernandez's school of hard knocks, check out hard knocks, wrestling empire, wrestling federation at EWF empire on Instagram. I mean, there's so many different places, but, um, but mostly just even outside of the promoter, like Jesse Hernandez is one of the, the most honest, hardworking, um, best friends I have, you know, and, and I, uh, I value our friendship. So thank, thank you for coming friend. on. Justin. Thank you, man. Thank you. I certainly appreciate it. And, you know, and if you want to join a wrestling school, find the right one. There's a lot yes. of, uh, there's a lot of places out there, you know, the, the guys train for a couple of years and then they open up their own school. That's not the place to go. No, you want to go to a reputable place. Yes. And a school hard knocks in San Bernardino, California is definitely worth it. You know, there's a, a lot of schools out there. Um, I like Jesse's school for so many reasons. Um, but the main one is, uh, I love the fact too, like one day is Lucha training. Mm -hmm. One day is, you know, mat wrestling. One, mm -hmm. So depending on the day you go, there's a yeah. different style of wrestling. Right. Right. And you can see it in all of your students. Like Absolutely. it's, you know, it's and, funny to watch somebody traditional wrestle and then all of a sudden they're, they're busting out with a Lucha move off the ropes. You know, and, and, <laughs> and, I, and I don't want everybody to wrestle like, like I do. They right. learn from everybody, My, our, our oldest students help the youngers yeah you know just like somebody stepped up and helped them when they started they now return the favor yeah. and they bring up the younger guys that's what makes our school remarkable yeah i love it mm -hmm. so um on that note we're gonna call it a night and uh, thanks for coming on jess well thank you all right thank you very much <laughs>